0: Heritage Park Baptist Church, we make apprentices to Jesus Christ. For more information about our church, please visit heritagepark.org.
1: We've been working our way episode by episode through Exodus. And the reason uh, why we're kind of approaching it that way is because it would probably take us four and a half years to get to it, you know, kind of uh, just verse by verse, kind of like we normally do. So we're kind of taking it episode by episode, chunk by chunk, story by story. And where we are in the story so far, God has... Uh, Uh, raised up Moses to deliver his people and uh, he made the the judgments the plagues come upon the people of Egypt and uh, has rescued them from there and then last week he brought them through the Red Sea and we're at the point where they just got past Uh, they've just seen the miracle happen where God delivered them uh, from Pharaoh's armies through the Red Sea And they're there, and the very first thing that they do is sing. And so today uh, we're going to talk about singing and uh, kind of somewhat the power of music. And I'll just give you some examples that I know to be true, some of which you have already experienced this morning, uh, even maybe just a moment ago. Uh, The the, the first one is singing has the power um, to soothe people. Have you noticed this? Especially if you're a parent in here and you've got a little one uh, or you had a little one grandparent too, Um, there's, there's something that happened. It is profound. I mean, you see it though. There's something happened. You, you start the parent rock. You pick the kid up and all of a sudden, what do you do? You start doing this right here. I don't know why it happens that way, but you just start the parent rock. This is just how it happens. you got the kid on your shoulder, kids crying, whatever, and you just start the parent rock. You can pat, you can, and then you start singing. You know, you want to hush little baby, don't say a word, mama's going to buy you a mug of bird, or whatever you sing to your kid. Uh, you just start the thing, and you you do the parent rock, and you sing. Now, you hand a kid to somebody who's not a parent, they're like, what do I do? And they're trying to call the baby like this. No, 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 no. You've got to do the rock thing. Everybody with me on this? You just I mean, it's just kind of how it works for all you moms and grandparents and everybody else out there. Like, this is just kind of how it works. Um, it has the capacity to soothe, but it also has the profound capacity to inspire. Anybody ever been in a moment where uh, just because of the moment that you're in and the music that is playing in that moment, like, chill, just and they take over your body and you're like, ah, Let's take the hill. Let's do the thing. Let's jump out of the airplane. Whatever it is, you're like, man, I am inspired by this right there. Sometimes um, music has the capacity um, to physically move you. And we talked about the parent rock thing. but, But I'm talking about like we're in here and some of you people, maybe you heard it on the radio or maybe just a moment ago. We were singing. Some of you started doing this thing right here. I mean, music has the people, has the capacity to make people move their bodies. Some of you, like, you didn't know you could dance until the music came on, you know? And then if you, if you want to call what you do when the music comes on dancing, you're dancing. I mean, you're really getting after it. So mu- music has the power to physically uh, make you move. And um, I, I think music, and probably important for us uh, in these days, music has the power to draw people together you've been in a moment at a concert or um, at at a different setting where some song comes on and everybody kind of starts singing along, and it it draws people together um, into that moment. And boy, we could use some drawn together into that moment in our world today. And so today we're talking about Exodus chapter 15, the God of the song, because the very first thing that happens after the seas close back up over the Egyptian army, and the people are standing there on the shore, the very first thing that happens um, is, is that they sing. So uh, we're going to read uh, quite a bit of Exodus 15 here. Just hang in with me. We'll make some comments along the way. Uh, then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, to the I Am, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider, he has thrown. Into the sea. Now that's kind of the chorus of the song. You'll see it again here in a minute. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his hosts he's cast into the sea. And his chosen officers were sunk in the Red Sea. The floods covered them and went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury. It consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The floods stood up in a heap. The deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I, I will pursue and I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword, my hands shall destroy them. But you blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sink like lead. In the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. You have led in your steadfast love your people, whom you have redeemed. You've guided them by your strength to your holy abode. The peoples have heard, they tremble, pains have ceased pangs have the inhabitants of Philistia. Now are the chiefs of Edom dismayed. Trembling seizes the leaders of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall upon them because of the greatness of your arm. They are as still as stone to your people, O Lord, pass by. To the people pass by whom you have purchased. You will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain. The place, O Lord, which you've made for your abode. The sanctuary, O Lord. Which your hands have established, the Lord will reign for ever and ever. For when Pharaoh the horses of Pharaoh and his chariots and his horsemen went into the sea, and the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them, but the people of Israel walked on ground on dry ground in the midst. Of the sea. Verse 20. Then Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, so the sister of Aaron and Moses there, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women went out after her with tambourines and dancing. And Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider he has thrown into the sea. Remember that was verse 1, so there's the chorus. So you got this picture. Okay, they come through the sea. Moses and all the people, they're there. 600,000 men plus women and children and they see god deliver them and all of a sudden they just cut loose in song I don't know how it started. I don't know if they passed out lyric sheets I don't know if they set up screens and showed the lyrics on that. I don't know how it went down This is what they did though. They just put it on blast man, and and it it was Resounding it was loud and then there came a point where uh, Miriam uh, and her crew they just grabbed tambourines got it So we'll be passing out tambourines later ladies You can just get out couple of you like that sounds fun to me that's great I I don't know how many we have but okay so uh, here's what I want to say just about this as we get started because today I want to talk about three benefits of singing and particularly singing together but um, I want to start with this that please notice that it was their deliverance that led to their song that's what you got to hold on to it was their deliverance that led to their song and so they had seen God do this. Look at verse 1. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord. Their deliverance led um, to their song. 600,000 uh, men and in, in addition to women and children. And they just, man, they just honked it off. And folks, the greater the deliverance, the louder the volume of the song. You, you and I have a deliverance thing. we have reasons to sing today because our deliverance isn't just from an earthly enemy. Is it just from earthly bondage? Our deliverance goes deeper than that and will last longer than that. You and I have every reason to sing, to join our voices with what is uh, being sung. This is, um, this is just a little pastoral parentheses here. Um, one of the ways uh, there are many ways that you can measure kind of how a church is doing and that kind of thing so you know people measure who's in attendance or how much money they give or uh, how much is given to missions or what what, what. Um, some of the intangibles though just 25 years of ministry here one of the intangibles is do the men sing 600,000 men us women and children like we we get note that they have their the women have their own echo like the men started out in the wind like do the men sing and men i just want to encourage you your kids need to hear you sing your grandkids need to hear you sing no, no 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 go ahead and just let it rip Like, one of the great things that could happen in our church family is for the men to find their voice when it comes to song. And some of you are laughing. I see your faces. I wish you could see your faces. oh, yeah, 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 no. And so you would say something like this. Well, music isn't really my thing. What I want to say to you is sing. God commands you to sing some 70 times in the Bible. It specifically says, sing to the Lord. Like that's for everybody here. Not just for the musically inclined. Sing to the Lord. And so um, uh, I just point out, like God himself sings. Zephaniah three seventeen says, God, the Lord, the warrior, he is in our midst and he sings over us. Jesus, when he was on the earth, instituted the Lord's Supper, Mark chapter 14. And after they had done uh, bread and cup and all that kind of stuff, you know what they did? They sang a hymn together jesus on the earth sing so if music isn't really your thing sing just go ahead and sing anyway nobody's saying you have to sing great we're not expecting opera singers or like you know vocal performance people nobody's gonna put you on america's got talent i get it go ahead and sing anyway so, some of you might say um hey look I, I don't really know i don't really know or like the song i've got good news it'll be over soon like three or four minutes and you're good uh, I, that, that's a, that's a slight joke, but, um, something that, um, um could, uh, m- and might encourage you in that is, um, man, you know, th- there are some songs on the radio where they just come on the radio or come on your Spotify list or whatever, and you just kind of, and then there's some that, well, like, when it comes on, what do you do? You're
2: like,
1: shut up kids, and you turn up the music because you want to. That's fine. That's good. We all have different tastes. All of that's true. I don't know or don't like the song. Sometimes we sing new songs like this. Just sing anyway. Just sing anyway. And I want to, ch- again, I want to challenge you men. Sing anyway. Th- this is not shame, folks. This is invitation. It's an invitation. Lastly, and, and this is, um, you know, the first two have a little uh, levity to them. Th- this is a this is, uh, heavier one. I, hey, it's just not where I am today. I mean, the uh, church is singing about joy, and I'm telling you, I barely made it in. Uh, I was limping. I'm pretty sure I'm bleeding, and I'm—it's all I can do just to be in the building right now. Okay, all right. What I would say to you is, like, like these folks right here, just sing because singing may help you get there. You can sing yourself into faith sometimes, and if not, it could be that you're singing. Your singing helps somebody else's faith. And what I want to tell you is, uh, last week, I was sitting right over there, where Jeremiah is right now. I was sitting right over there, and uh, the church honked off, it is well with my soul. It was not well with my soul at that time. Unsettled, things up and down, whatever. It was not well with me. But when you started singing, it got well with my soul. So I'm telling you, sing, because what will happen, if not necessarily for you, If not necessarily, uh, it doesn't necessarily change or or shift where you are or or, uh, move things. It doesn't, uh, the needle stays where it was for you. It may help somebody else sing. Let your deliverance that you have experienced lead to song. Okay, so here are the benefits. Um, And what we're going to do is just kind of skim through the song a couple of different times and just talk about the benefits uh, of singing together. And uh, they're all R words. I didn't mean for it to come out that way, but it happened. Okay, so first of all, uh, benefit number one, that singing reminds us of some things. Singing reminds us of some things. So verse one, I will sing. Uh, Moses and the people of Israel sang the song. I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. God has defeated his enemies. Singing uh, the songs of God reminds us that God has defeated his, his enemies. That the outcome, folks, is not in question. The world is as crazy as it can be. It will continue to be as, just as chaotic as it is now and probably get worse. That's how the Bible talks about it. Aren't you glad you came to church? What I'm telling you is God has defeated his enemies. That's worth singing about. That, that's worth noting and reminding yourself of. The horse and the rider, you still in the sea. Secondly, the Lord is my strength and my this is verse two. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. God has not only defeated his enemies, but in doing so he has saved his people. So church family, listen. Um as you and I experience God defeating his enemies, you and I are also experiencing his salvation. When Jesus came, he died on a cross and he rose from the grave. And you and I now uh, not, not only have seen sin and death defeated, God has defeated his enemies, but also you and I are experiencing salvation. We have, um, uh, our, our lives are different because uh, God has saved us. He has saved his people. Skipping down here, look down at verse 6. Your right hand, O Lord, is glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. Don't miss the, the present tense nature of that. God fights for his people. So he delivers... Uh, from He defeats his enemies. And he delivers us. He saves us. And he is currently on our side fighting for his people. You think, oh my goodness, I don't know how I'm going to face this week because of this. I don't know how things are going to go because of that. I mean, that meeting is coming or that appointment is coming. or I, I'm just waiting on the other shoe to drop. One. God fights for his people. Present tense. He shatters uh, the enemy. Look down now at verse 11. The very last phrase of verse 11. He does wonders. Uh, Who's like you, O Lord among the gods? Who's like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? Uh, Some of you may have who works miracles. God works miracles. Now, folks, there's some really cool stuff in the world today. SpaceX just put four people, just average Joes, could have been us, and up in three days in orbit and then brought them back down. I mean, that's amazing, yeah? That's crazy. Like, who would have thought even five years ago that that was going to be the case? Well, here we are doing the thing, right? And, uh, and it, it's at that point now where we look at that and we're like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. And then, you know, uh, two days from now, two months from now, two years from now, we are like, oh, yeah, somebody else would have cool. All right, whatever. In the day and the age of technological advancement, What I just want to hold up and say, God, man, that is amazing. That is cool stuff. What I also want to hold up is there are some things that technology can't fix. And what we need in the world and in our culture and in our own lives. It's not a technological advancement, but for God to work something in us that only God can work. To do something in us, to do something for us, to do something with us that only God can work. And thankfully, he's the God who still works miracles. We don't have to wonder. We don't have to put our faith in something else. He still works miracles. And then lastly, verse 13 under this just to remind yourself of that verse 13 you've led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed you've guided them by your strength to your holy abode so god leads his people and for some of us today that may be the thing that we need to be reminded of the most god you you lead your people i mean not just individually but your people Not just your people, but me too. But it goes both ways. God leads his people. He's not um, um, just setting you out there going, hey, good luck, kid. He's not um, putting you uh, on this path and goes, I'm sure you'll figure it out. God leads his people. In, In the people of Israel's day... The pillar of cloud and then the pillar of fire. He was always present and he was always seen. In our day, it's even better. Some of us wish in our day that it was a pillar of cloud and pillar of fire. We're like, oh, well, at least I know where I'm going. It's better than that. He lives inside of us. So he's, he's actually got a better steering mechanism. Because he's here in us. Not just around us. Not just with us. Not just out in front. He's in us. And so he can lead us by his spirit um, and his word. And for some of us, that is primarily what we need to be reminded of. And um, fo- folks, I would just say it this way. The reason, the reason why singing plays a crucial part in that is because singing can make some things sticky. Um, s- singing can put some things in our mind that, that we'll wake up singing or we'll wake up remembering. Or something will cue and we'll go, oh yeah, I used to sing that. No, 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 no. singing can uh, make some things stick in there. And uh, it's, it's it's good to remember and to be reminded of that God has defeated his enemies, that he saves his people in doing so, that currently in this present moment, he is fighting for us. He is willing and able to work miracles on our behalf. And today he will lead you if you will follow him. That's benefit number one, to remind us of some things that are important. Secondly, uh, t- to remind us of who God is or, or it reveals um, who God is to us. God, it, this is, again, one of those things where when we sing, we, we are kind of painting a picture, a musical picture of, of who God is. And it's good to be reminded of that or it's good to see it, um, to, to, be, to have it revealed to us. And I'll just give you several here. Uh, first of all, uh, l- look back uh, now in verse 3. The, the Lord, the I am, he is a man of war. Now, did anybody think about God that way this week? You're like, oh man, you know, it's good to have God. He's a man of war. When you're facing an enemy like they were, it's good to know that God's a man of war. When you're facing some things that are bigger than you, that look uh, scarier than you're willing to take on. When you're facing some things that are unknown or it feels like, uh, you know, kind of the force that is coming at you is going to be overwhelming. It's good to know that God is a man of war. In that same verse, the very next phrase, the Lord is his name. So you see capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That's the, that's the Old Testament name of God, Yahweh, um, the Lord, the great I am. So he, he is the great I am. And so we, we've already seen this back in chapter 3. Moses is at the burning bush. He's like, hey, uh, I, I'm kind of willing to go, sort of-ish maybe. Uh, but if they say, who sent you? Who, what, do I, what do you want me to say? Well, it's easy. You tell them the great I am sent you. That, that's my name. You want to know who I am? I am. That's exactly right. I am who I am. Here's my name. And so God is personal. That's the thing you need to hold on to with that. Because some people think, oh, God's a man of war. Ooh, that's a big general guy. You stay over there. No, no. God's personal. And he's inviting us into what? Into a relationship. That is what is primary in God's heart is that you would know Him and He would be in relationship with you. You would know Him and know Him well. So He gives us His name. Some people think that because of um, maybe backgrounds or, or maybe other things, they, they think God is a, a God who expects da-da-da-da-da and you kind of check the boxes and that's what your relationship is like. There is no personal relationship with God if you go into it with a, a box-checking mindset. Um, instead, He wants to be in relationship with you and yes there will be things that will shape you there will be things that he expects of you but it's not box chicken it is relationship he is a personal God uh, now skip down to verse 11 again we'll walk through this verse and there's there's several things. Who, who is like you oh Lord among the gods God, God is incomparable Folks, there's there's nothing that you're going to face today, nothing that's going to come up this week um, that that will compare to the greatness of God. There's nothing that is in your past that you're hauling around because you feel like you have to. Um, There's nothing back there in, in that thing that you're toting around. There's nothing back there that can compare to God. And furthermore, nobody is going to sell you something that will compare to God. Now, they'll try, but there's nothing... Then we'll compare. I, I didn't uh, add this in the notes. It was very late. Um, it was actually this morning when I, when I just stuck it in here. So it, it won't be in the Bible app, but in Romans chapter uh, 11, Paul closes out this powerful meditation on how God has been at work throughout history. He closes out um, Romans 9, 10, and 11 with, with these verses. This is Romans 11, verse 33. Just listen, just listen. Oh, the depth of the riches... Who's like God? What's the answer? Nobody. Nobody. He is incomparable. We sang it just a moment ago. Who is like our God? And the answer is nobody. And so he is incomparable. Uh, verse 11 again. Who is like you? Majestic in holiness. Majestic in holy. God is holy. It's a, it's a reminder here. It reminds us of who God is. When we sing together, it reminds us that God is holy, that he is different. He is separate. He is pure. He is, he is far different than anything that we will encounter in our normal lives. Uh, last week, I was talking to somebody in the room. I won't do the embarrassment thing, but um, that w- work had to take them uh, to France. Feel sorry for him. Okay talking about uh, how they got to um, uh, see uh, this amazing cathedral and uh, showing me a video. And you just picture a little French street uh, with these people around and you kind of do, and then you round the corner here past the little bread shop and it opens up into kind of this big plaza where the cathedral is. 600 years it took to build this sucker. 600 years. And you come around the corner and it's, you're like, oh, this is, this is, this is something. Like, I I, I mean, like 50 feet this way, I'm just on a street. And I cleared the little bread shop and all of a sudden I'm in the plaza with this edifice that is like, wow. And all that, it means. that's right there. That's what it means to experience holy something that will almost like stop you S- something that will wait, ooh, what this is different. This is what it's like to encounter God. There are promises that are made by little g gods out there for health or, or uh, uh, happiness. or you know, there, there are promises that get made with those uh, little g gods who will say, oh, this is what. But you don't. You don't st- it doesn't take your breath away in that moment like encountering the God who is God. When you come into contact with the great I am, when you really understand who Jesus is and what he has done for you, there's a moment where you're like, I I, 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 get, I get it. There is something so different about you. Majestic in holiness. And then the very next phrase in verse 11, awesome in glorious deeds. Did you use the word awesome yesterday? Some of you watch football. You're like, I saw that play. That was awesome. Uh, sh- shout out to the, the, I think he may be the only sooner, uh, Jim Baker. But That kid, did you see the catch that the kid made interception one-handed on his back, rolled down? I was like, dude, that was, Yeah, it was all right. I mean, I... Yes, it was awesome. I mean, you're like, that is Um, So so that's one way in our vernacular that we use awesome. But really awesome is, um, uh, it's more about making you stop. Now we talked about, I mean, there's a reason why, who's like you, uh, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory sees. There's a reason why these two things tie together because awesome is what makes us stop. It's what makes us pause. It's what makes us reflect. It's what makes us take a breath and go, wow. Awesome is what does that. Now, there there are times when we, uh, my daughter and I were on US 59 somewhere. I can't remember exactly where. uh, And we saw a car fire and everybody had basically stopped as we, I mean, we had beat the fire department there. We had beat the police there. There was a wrecker there. And then this car was on fire. And that was about it. Everybody basically stopped to see that. That was not awesome. That's not the kind of pausing or stopping that we're talking about. We're talking about. Um, uh, you round the corner and there's the cathedral. We're talking about you uh, walk outside and all of a sudden there's a sunset that you're like, whoa, I didn't know we got that in Houston. Where you have to catch your breath, where you have to take a moment, where you have to pause, where you have to stop, where you have to stare and just go, man it reminds us that god is like that there'll always be a new iphone it'll come out again next year you don't have to stop and worry about that nobody's going to make you pause and think oh iphone this is god this is the one that will take your breath away when you see him and and singing together, singing these songs, it reminds us that God is awesome. And we stop and we pause. We say, "Okay." So down in verse seventeen, "You will bring them in." God is saying this about His people. You will bring them in and plant them on Your own mountain, the place, O Lord, which You have made for Your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, which Your hands have established. So here, Moses. It's kind of saying, God, what you're going to do is you're going to see us through this. You saw us through the sea. That's true. And you're going to get us to the place where you want to meet with us. You're going to plant us on your mountain, your holy abode. You're going to put us in a place where you want to be in relationship with us. That's what you're going to do. Why would he say such a thing? Well, because he said the same thing to Abraham. Abraham, just to let you know, you're going to get a name and you're going to get a blessing. And through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And I'm going to plant you and those descendants of yours. I'm going to give you a land. And he said the same thing to to Isaac. And he said the same thing to Jacob. And on and on. What we're saying here, what Moses is celebrating here, is that God is accomplishing what God said he would do. He is a faithful God. Church family, it is good to be reminded that God is faithful. There is so much in our world that is packed with say one thing, do another. Say one thing, halfway do the thing that you said. I mean, there is so much infidelity in the world or half fidelity in the world. Here is God who is faithful all the way through. And then lastly, verse 18. The Lord will reign forever and ever. He is sovereign. And we say it this way around here, and it is good to remind ourselves of this, and that God would reveal himself to us through song and through singing something like this. Um, Jesus, when he was on the earth, uh, after he had died and had been raised from the dead, he gathered his followers and he says, hey kids, I just want you to know something. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen: All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Not most of the authority, not like some of the authority, All authority. So we boil that down to Jesus reigns over everything. All authority is his. God is sovereign. The Lord will reign forever and ever. So tomorrow when you wake up, Jesus will still be in control. And the day after that, Jesus will still be in control. And when the phone call comes or doesn't come, Jesus will still be in control. And when things are happening um, at the pace that you wish they were, Jesus is in control. And when things are on a different timetable than the one that you laid out, Jesus is still in control. He is sovereign. He is sovereign. And it's good that songs remind us of this, that stick in our brain and remind us of that. Singing reveals God to us. Last thing. Um, singing readies us for the next, the next thing. So, um, I'll just give you a little bit of context before we dive into the specific thing. So out of this song comes a whole lot of life. Like... The end of chapter 15 is about people getting sick. The uh, middle, of, uh, excuse me, beginning of chapter 16 is, where are we going to get food? Um, and then there's, uh, gosh, 17. Uh, goodness gracious, okay, now we have food. What are we going to do about water? And then how do we structure ourselves so that we live together and don't kill one another? And on and on and on and on. So this is very real life. I mean, like all of the, the next several chapters here, that next big block uh, is about very real life. Out of this singing comes very, very real life. So singing readies us to step into that life. That, that's what this song did. It's what the songs of God do. Uh, look at verse 14. Uh, the, the peoples have heard. They tremble. The pangs have seized the inhabitants of Philistia. Philistia, or where the Philistines live? Philistines in the Bible. Good guys or bad guys? Bad guys. Okay, so bad guys. Uh, n- now the chiefs of Edom dismayed. Edomites. Bad guys. Um, trembling seizes the leaders of Moab, Moabites, bad guys. Basically, anybody who ends in the heights, they're bad guys in the Bible. Um, all the inhabitants of Canaan, the Canaanites. Okay, the Canaanites, uh, they have melted away. Terror and dread have fallen upon them because of the greatness of your arm. They are as still as a stone until your people, Lord, pass by, till the people pass by whom you have purchased. So uh, it readies us for the life that's ahead. And I just tell you two things. Number one, um, God is not like. He's not pretending here. There are enemies ahead. He's leading them through the sea. He's already swallowed up the Egyptians. But you still got the Philistines and the Edomites and the Moabites and all the rest of those you still got them all out there. Church family, we're stepping into Monday. And there will still be challenges out there. There will still be folks out there. There will still be enemies out there. There are still things that want to come after us. God is not like pie in the sky. Hey, everything's going to be just fine. Don't worry about it. God is clear-headed about this broken world in which we live. There are still enemies ahead. Are they defeated enemies? Yes. Will you still come under temptation? Yes. Will you still come under trial? Yes. All of that's true. But there are enemies ahead. And so singing readies us for that. The, the way that we engage God here today shapes the way that we step into Monday. There are enemies ahead. And, and here's how I think that happens. When we sing and remind ourselves that God is faithful, when we sing about the things that God has done, if God was faithful then, then we can count on Him being faithful now. And if we can count on Him being faithful now, we can also count on Him being faithful tomorrow. I mean, if, if we're counting on God, God, you are the same yesterday, today, forever. You are the God who was, and who is, and who is to come. You were faithful then. You are faithful now, and you're going to be faithful tomorrow. The reason singing readies us to step into that because it reminds us of God's faithfulness. It's, it's, back in verse 14, the peoples have heard and they tremble. There's fear there, but it's not God's people who are scared. It's the people that they're going to march around, that march through. It's the people that they're going to encounter along the way. They have reason to be scared, not God's people. God brought us through. So they sing. They sing to ready themselves for tomorrow. To ready themselves for the week ahead. They sing.
0: What song are you singing these days? and died sacrificially the death that you and I deserve to die,
1: living that life that we could never live, dying that death that we deserve to die and rising victoriously to make a new people. When, When we say Exodus is about deliverance and the new people of God, this is who God has made us to be. You and I, we if we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we are the people of God. He is the one who has delivered us and shaping us into God's people. So what song are you singing today? What, what's, what's on your kind of mental playlist reminding you of this great deliverance? What song is revealing God to you? What song is readying you for the week that's ahead? The reason why we backloaded the service with some singing is because we want to just give you an opportunity to respond. Some of you are going to need to stand and sing loud. Just shove some people out of the way. Excuse me. I just need a place here. I'm going to have a fit. Um, Some
0: of you, you'll just need a moment to say, God, you have delivered me. You've
1: delivered me. I know that you have delivered me. I know that my sins are forgiven. I know that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I couldn't do it on my own, but God, you did it for me. And you'll just need to turn around and shut up, kids. And you'll need to crank up the volume on your voice to say, this is, this is one of my faves right here. Let's
0: see this. even right now if you hear the rain outside it's, there's nothing that we've done to deserve that and praise you. It becomes a throne on which you are seated, so be
1: enthroned as, is, as you deserve, the honor that you deserve. So we set that before you now in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen and amen. Let's stand together. We'll sing together and we'll be dismissed in a few moments. Let's stand and sing.